Open your Bibles with me to 1 Kings 16, then we'll go to Joshua chapter 7. 1 Kings 16. We closed out Joshua chapter 6 with Joshua adjuring the people, that is swearing them to an oath, that they all understood that if any man ever tried to rebuild Jericho, he would do it losing his sons. He would start and the oldest one would die, and when he finished, the youngest one would die. Let me read to you how true the Word of God is. Eight hundred years later, 1 Kings 16.34. In his days did Hiel the Bethelite build Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, the son of Nun. Eight hundred years later, a man from Bethel, which was a nearby town, thought he could go and raise up Jericho, and look what it cost him, according to the word of the Lord. Every word of God is pure. Proverbs 30 and verse 5. You can count on it. You can bank it. You can bet on it. It's true. It's the word of God. Time doesn't mean a thing. It's true. Go to Joshua chapter 6, please. I just wanted to show you the fulfillment of that oath by Joshua with the people of Israel. We will go hastily. Joshua chapter 7 has a reversal of fortune. From the great blessings of God in chapter 6, we now run into trouble. In verse 27 of chapter 6, we read, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. There was such an outstanding and spectacular success and victory at Jericho that all the cities and nations of Canaan trembled at the name of Joshua and the children of Israel. However, look at the first word of chapter 7. But, though 6 was so good, one day later, things totally reversed. Seven one. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Just like the Lord had said in chapter 6 and verse 18, that it would bring a curse upon the whole nation. Look at the righteous obedience that took place in chapters 5 and 6. Joshua was very carefully doing what was right, and the Lord blessed. Now we have sin, because one man stole and took something that was not his. It was the Lord's. It's going to be called stealing. He took what belonged to the Lord and put it in his tent. He was a thief, and it ruined the entire national prosperity of Israel, and it cost 36 families their husband and father. Or son and brother. 
36 men died because of Achan's sin. So the consequences to Achan and his family were appropriate given what he had cost the nation. Look at the but, and that but will be in your life. The word of God can be preached that God will bless the righteous. But if you are not righteous, you will not receive the blessings. The warning is here for us. Not only did it cause Achan trouble, but it caused Israel trouble as well. Be sure your sin will find you out. You will not be able to hide a sin for long. The Lord will reveal it and expose it like he did the sin of Achan. Verses 2 through 5. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men. For they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And the hearts of the people are not the people of Ai, it's the people of Israel. Their hearts melted and became as water, because now a little city called Ai, that only has 12,000 men and women in it, chased the armies of Israel. But let's notice a few errors. Joshua sends out a recon team instead of a prayer team. He should have gone to the Lord and asked for advice on what his next course of action should be. Should it be AI? And how should we approach AI? And are we ready to take on AI? But he didn't do that. He just sends a recon team, and recon teams don't work. Right. Repentance works. Because if God withdraws his favor... Anyone can win any conflict without the Lord on your side. How had they defeated Jericho? The Lord did it a certain way for a reason. It was all by his power. He knocked the wall down flat. They had defeated Jericho by the Lord, but now they were going to follow strategy instead of the Lord. With the taste of success in their mouths, the recon team thought it would just be a small operation. Two or three thousand men. No problem. Puffed up in self-righteous pride and overconfidence from one victory that was all the Lord's. Anything you have is from God. Don't you get puffed up by it. Why dost thou glory as if you earned it yourself when you received it from God? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. He will take you, he'll take me down. He cannot stand the haughtiness of man that thinks he's done anything. Each step of our way, we should continue to go to the Lord. We always do when it's out of, when it's obviously out of our hands. But I want to tell you a secret. It's always out of your hands. Every detail is out of your hands. It's in the hands of the Lord. And so each step of the way, day by day, we should commit our lives to the Lord and seek His wisdom. Look at, there's two errors here. No inquiry of the Lord. And self-confidence, overconfidence, oh, I can handle this. No, you can't. And no, they didn't. 
the Lord punished them severely for not following the Bible order. Learn a lesson. The revelation of God is your only certain help and wisdom. And that's in the Bible. It's your only certain help and wisdom is to follow what God has revealed. He's given us the Bible. When the Bible doesn't answer a dilemma that you face, then go to a bunch of godly counselors. If you don't do one or both of those things, you're going down. Because your wisdom is nothing. Your power is nothing. Your ability is nothing. Your capital is nothing without the Lord on your side. Look for the answer in God's word. And if God's word does not directly address your dilemma, then where does the Bible say there's, there's safety? What does he say? In a multitude of counselors. What kind of counselors? Worldly counselors? No, godly and wise counselors that have the fear of the Lord. God promised chasings. If you will obey, then one of you will chase a thousand. If you disobey, one of them will chase a thousand. And so here we have the Israelites being chased. They were the chasers. It was the city of Ai that was terrified. But now it's the Israelites that were terrified in one day. Oh, come on. Can that happen in one day? It can happen in one day. Reversal of fortune. The Bible goes in both directions. It can go from God's curse to God's blessing, but then it can go back to God's curse upon you. The reason we're looking at this is for the lesson of holiness in lives. These men were not, were no longer holy. They were trusting in themselves rather than in the Lord himself. And the consequences were terrible. Look at verses 6 through 9. This is not our reaction. This should not be our reaction. When when Joshua saw that 36 men were killed and they fled before the men of Ai, here's what we read, Joshua 7, 6. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites? To destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Listen to this bawling boo-hooing, complaining leader. This is not commendable speech. We don't go and tell the Lord we shouldn't have come across Jordan. Do you know what? One of the two spies is now sounding like one of the ten spies. Because the ten spies said, would to God we had stayed in the wilderness. Joshua is saying the very same words. What in the world did you bring us over Jordan for? Just to kill us by the Amorites? Is that what the Lord had said? Or did he bring them over Jordan to give them heaven on earth? A land flowing with milk and honey. All all the work done for them. A little setback messes some people up so bad. And it is pitiful. If thou faintest in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. And the Lord shows us a little bit of Joshua's weakness right here by fainting in the day of adversity because 36 men were killed and his 3,000 
man team that went to take the city of Ai was defeated. How much do you get discouraged and complain and get bitter and blame the Lord and question the Lord and doubt his word because you get a little setback in your life? God brings setbacks to find out what you're made of. God brings setbacks to make you perfect. God brings setbacks to give him glory. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' setbacks. For the setback is to perfect your faith that you might learn patience. Joshua didn't do that. He didn't go to the Lord repenting. He went to the Lord blaming, complaining, and doubting God's word. Grief and mourning over defeat is good, but we must ask the Lord to reveal sin. He blamed the Lord for Israel's defeat as much as Adam blamed Eve for his sin. What can we say if we know that God has left us? Lord, show me where we are wrong, that we can turn ourselves unto Thee. It's, it's in Job, it's in Proverbs, it's in Psalms, it's 1 John 1, 9. We should go and confess our sins and ask Him to search us and examine us and see if there be any wicked way in us and to lead us in the way everlasting. That's what the Joshua of chapters 5 and 6 would have done, but this is the Joshua of chapter 7. And what made the difference? A setback. Remember, there's, there's reasons why bad things happen to Christians. Do you remember them? Four reasons why bad things happen to Christians. For the glory of God alone. Chastening for sin. Natural consequences of foolishness. Uh, pardon me? Test our, faith. Test our faith. Build our faith. Glory of God. Chastening for sin. Natural consequences of your foolishness. And to test and build your faith to make you a better Christian. We should keep those things in mind rather than thinking God's only brought us over here to kill us. Can you believe Joshua saying that in chapter 7? I wish I was on the other side of Jordan. Terrible. We don't ever want to talk that way. We don't ever want to do that. Look at the Lord, what he says to him. Verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? What in the world are you doing on your face, talking like that? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. 
verses 10 through 15. The Lord detailed to Joshua what should be done, and it wasn't a ball on the ground about the bad consequences of taking on Ai. It was to get the sin out of the camp. God didn't want crying. God wanted repentance, and God wanted judgment against the sinners. And notice how he magnifies Achan's sin. Now, Achan took a garment, and he took some gold, and he took some silver. But the Lord says that he took accursed stuff, that it belonged to him, so therefore it was stealing, that he pretended otherwise and dissembled. He lied by his hypocrisy, and he could have been confronted about it already. Somebody may have seen him hauling something back. Gold isn't light, and neither is silver. We don't know. We just know that he dissembled. He already pretended to be something that he wasn't, and then he took it and hid it among his own stuff. He put it in his possessions, and God wanted it in his possessions because it was the Lord's. This is why church judgment is so important. Look at what the Lord said in one day. The walls fell flat at Jericho. Then the very next day, immediately thereupon, they sin, and the Lord says, I will no longer be with you. I'm out of here. You have, you have something accursed among you, and I will not touch you while that accursed thing is there. And when he keeps saying you need to destroy the accursed thing, he's not talking about the gold and silver. He's talking about Achan and all that Achan has. In verses 16 through 23, Joshua rose up early in the morning. I love it whenever I see that. He didn't stay in bed dreading what he was going to have to do, but he got up early in the morning, and they cast a few lots, and they found the tribe of Judah, and they found the families within the tribe of Judah, and they narrowed it down to Achan. And Achan stood before Joshua and the nation of Israel. And Joshua said to Achan in verse 19, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan goes and describes what happened. And here we get a little lesson about sin, and this is the nature of sin in chapter 21. Achan said, I saw, the first few words of verse 21, I saw, in the middle of the verse, I coveted, I took, and I hid. Don't we all know that that's how sin occurs? I saw the lust of the eyes, something I wanted that was attractive to me. I took it. I mean, I coveted it. I wanted it. That was second. Then I took it. I actually executed the thought that was in my heart that arose from my eyes looking upon it. And then I hid it. I became a liar in order to cover my sin. Ever been there? Ever done that? I saw. I coveted. I took. I hid. That's how sin works. So where should he have cut that off? It should have been with his eyes. There shouldn't have been any desire in any man in Israel to get near that stuff. No one should have wanted the stuff of Jericho. But he went and looked at it. I looked and saw that beautiful garment. And then you think about it in your heart of how good that would look and how much my assets would be enhanced by the gold and silver. Then they take it and then you have to lie about it. And Achan did all those steps. So Joshua sent a messenger to run to his tent to find out if it was true that that stuff was there. And sure enough, it was there. And he had Achan brought out with his 
family, his children, all of his livestock, his animals, his tent, the stuff that was stolen God didn't want any longer. And they were stoned. The entire family was stoned to death. And then they were burned. As it says in verse 25, Why hast thou troubled us? Joshua said, The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And Israel did the work of the Lord. Do you know what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 when we discipline in this church? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together with my spirit and the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, that she put such and such a sinner out from among you. We do the work of the Lord by putting someone out of the church. And let's continue to do that. Because until that's done, Israel was not going to have the Lord with them. The Lord shall trouble thee this day, and all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones, his entire family. You say, what makes God this severe? God is holy. And you should have already learned that the last three Sundays. God is holy. Joshua was holy when he first crossed the Jordan. He, he erected those stones just like God told him to in Joshua chapter 4. He circumcised the whole nation, chapter 5. He observed the Passover, chapter 5. He did exactly what God told him to do. Rams, horns, seven, priests, ark, armed men first, people afterwards, silence, blast on the trumpets, shout, and the walls fell down. Save Rahab. All the details Joshua kept. This time in chapter 7, didn't inquire, was confident, sent a recon team, listened to their foolish advice, and thought they could take the city and look at the consequences because there was sin in the camp. Is there sin in your homes? What we have responsibility for, we must deal with. And we trust God to reveal it. Did God reveal Achan to Joshua? He sure did. He narrowed the two million Israelites, or however many there were, probably close to that number, down to the man Achan and his family. Why kill the whole family? God made the judgment. This was going to be a precedent case for Israel in the land of Canaan. The precedent would do well to cause every other family in Israel to fear, and you don't know that the rest of the family didn't know about it. We just trust the... You know how we read the Bible? God is righteous and just in all he does. Amen. The Bible says very plainly, a man shall not be put to death for the sins of another man. Deuteronomy 24, 16. But God is able to make exceptions to his laws when he chooses to do so. And in this case, he did so for a precedent case. And we don't know that the rest of the family weren't parties to it because it was in the tent. Wouldn't you notice... If, if there had been a hole dug in, in the tent where you lived. We don't know. You know what we do when we read the Bible? I'm going to say it again. We trust God. Amen. He's always right and he's just and holy in all of his ways. And whether he gives us enough details or not to understand his reasoning, we don't need to understand his reasoning. We just believe what he says and trust what he says and, and have full confidence in it. How terrible is sin? Let this lesson drive home how terrible sin is. What is so bad about a little bit of gold and a little bit of silver and a garment? If God said you can't have it and it's mine, that's all that needs to be said. And what God says to us, whether it's our marriages, our finances, our bodies, 
what we watch, what we read, what we think about, our relationships. Whatever God says, that is what we should be doing. And if you compromise it and cheat on it, the consequences will come. The curse causeless shall not come. There will be a cause for the curse that lands upon you. Chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Those words sound familiar? That's chapter 1 when he got him started. The Lord is back in fellowship with Joshua. Joshua is back in fellowship with the Lord. How did that happen? Because they got sin out of their lives. They got sin out of their camp. They got sin out of their family. Every father in here is responsible for doing what Joshua did with the nation. And I'm responsible for helping it happen in this church. And we together must judge sinners in our midst like Joshua and Israel. How many people stoned Achan? All of Israel were involved. It was a very public event. They didn't hide it away in some prison someplace without anyone allowed to get there. The whole nation witnessed it and participated in it. Because it says in verse 25 of chapter 7, And all Israel stoned him with stones. But now we read, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city, and his land. What a change. What a change. They sent a recon team up to Ai and said, it's such a small city, let's not bother ourselves with much work. Let's just send two or 3,000 men. The 3,000 ran. 36 of them were killed because of sin. But when sin is taken out of a life, out of a family, and out of a church, then the Lord will work again with that man or with that family or with that church. And so now it's don't be afraid. You were terrified because... The 3,000 men ran from the city of Ai. You were thinking, well, as soon as the Amorites hear about that, they're going to surround you. That what, that's what it means when it said, environ us round. That means surround them militarily and exterminate them. So don't be afraid, Joshua. Go up and take it. See, I've given it to you. I'm with you now. You didn't hear these words the first time you sent the 3,000. Brethren, there's only one time to do things in your life. It's to commit them to the Lord. Step by step by step, make sure you've committed them to the Lord that he's on your side. If he stands back and blows against you, what happened in the book of Haggai when they didn't build the temple of God? They were making lots of money and putting it into a bag, their wages. And what happened to the wages? (coughs) Fell out the bottom of the bag because there were holes in their bag because God was blowing against them. And God will blow against you if there's any sin in your life. This is the holiness of God made practical in the life of Joshua and the church in the wilderness. Now the church in Canaan. You know Joshua chapter 8. I hope that you read it last, last evening. The Lord tells Joshua what to do again. How do you want to do things? What the recon team suggests or what the Lord suggests? I love, I love what the Lord said. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. And what an ambush they planned. You know what had happened in the spirits of the two nations? Now the men of Ai thought that they could whip anybody. The men of Ai were sure that they could whip Israel. 
So because of that false illusion, that perception on their part, which is totally under the control of God, that is how, why we pray when someone goes for a job interview, Lord, may they find favor in the eyes of the interviewer. Amen. Did you find favor, Jonathan? Amen. You got, your, you got your dream job at Michelin to get started with as soon as you get out of school in a couple of months? Because we pray for that. Because that perception is in the control of the Lord. Right. Potiphar picked Joseph. Potiphar loved Joseph. The prison keeper loved Joseph. Pharaoh loved Joseph. How did all that happen? How did Ashpenaz, the chief of the eunuchs, love Daniel? Why did Nebuchadnezzar love Daniel? Why did Belshazzar's mother love Daniel? Do all these relationships play out in Daniel's life? Why did Ahasuerus love Esther? Was she the most beautiful? The Lord was with her. Why did the prince of the eunuchs love Esther? He didn't have ordinary male love. You understand what I'm saying? He took care of Esther. Remember? All those relationships. We trust the Lord and we wait upon him. And he turns the perceptions and spirits of men. The men of Ai were now overly confident. And the Lord's going to take advantage of that. And Joshua's going to take advantage of that. He sends 30,000 men to hide behind the city by night. 30,000 men take off from the camp of Israel, hide themselves behind the city of Ai. The next day, Joshua numbers the people and takes the men of war and goes down to the valley and reveals himself that he's in the valley underneath the city of Ai. Because, you know, it's always easier to fight going downhill. And so the men of Ai were going to get excited because there's Joshua. He sends another 5,000 into ambush. So there's now 35,000 in ambush. And here come the men of Ai. They wake up in the morning. The king sees Joshua with a host down there in the valley. And he takes off after them. They are so confident. Confidence. You know the world worships confidence. This confidence is folly. This is the confidence of Pharaoh taking his chariot into the Red Sea. They are so confident they don't leave a single man in the city of Ai. The gates are open and there's not a man left. They are all going to run out there and just whip up on the Israelites and wipe them out. Well, they get down to the bottom of the hill and Joshua raises his sword, his spear. And the ambush comes out of their hiding and runs into the city and takes the city and sets it on fire. Now, this is good. These overly confident, this is just like Pharaoh in the midst of the Red Sea when the wheels fell off his chariot. Now you've got the men of Ai down at the bottom of the hill. They turn around and they see their city all on fire. And all of a sudden something else happens. The men that they were chasing that were running like scared little rabbits all stopped, turned around, and pulled out their swords. And then they turned back toward the city. And the 35,000 that lit the city on fire, now they're running down the hill after them. And they turn back. Well, which group do we want to die by? Right. Reminds me of the Germans in world, at the end of World War II. They had the Soviet Union and the Russians and Soviet Union on one side, the Americans on the other. Who do we want to surrender to? But it isn't anything like that. Because the Americans gave them cigarettes and candy bars and let them, re- and let them surrender very easily. But there wasn't going to be any surrender here. Right. They killed every single one of them. And then they entered that city 
and destroyed it as well. Joshua chapter 8. Verse 24, it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness wherein they chased them. And when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all that fell that day, both of men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. For Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Now notice something. When you obey God. You already ahead of me? Yeah. When you obey God. He's so merciful. Amen. With Jericho, the Lord did all the work. And so the Lord said, I want all the spoil. It's consecrated to me. It goes into my treasury. But in the case of Ai, I'll let you do a little bit of work, and you can have all the spoil. If Achan could have just waited one more day, but he couldn't wait one more day to do it God's way. If you'll do it God's way, the Lord will give you what you want. Do you remember from Psalm 20 that we prayed today? The Lord give thee the desire of thine own heart. Did all of Achan's neighbors end up with goodly Babylonian garments? Yes, they did. Did they end up with some gold they hadn't worked for? Yes, they did. How about silver? Yes, they did. Because the Lord gave them the spoils from the cities of Ai and Bethel. But he couldn't wait. And for you people, and this for you, for you brothers and sisters, you people, when you have waited, the Lord has been merciful. When you barge ahead and try to do things your way, and try to find happiness and fulfillment your way, you lose. I've watched in your lives. You young people that have waited. You young people that have waited, I love you for that. And the Lord loves you for that. And the Lord will bless you for that. Amen. I know some of your stories. Don't bull ahead and try to do it your way and your timing. Trust the Lord and wait upon Him, and He'll bring it to pass. And when He brings it to pass, it'll be better. If Achan could have waited one day, Achan would have that thing hanging, hang, have that Babylonian garment on a hanger in his closet, but he couldn't wait that one day. If King Saul could have waited five more minutes until Samuel arrived, King Saul would still be reigning in Israel. But he was cut off because he couldn't wait, and he was going to go ahead and do it his way. You wait upon the Lord. And what did the psalmist write? And again I say, wait upon the Lord. They hung the king of Ai till evening, threw him down at the entering in of the gate of the city, and put a heap of stones over him as a precursor to what was going to happen to everyone else in the land of Canaan. But brethren... Then I want you, this is, this is what we close with. What do you do after such a great victory when you get the stuff and no one's been killed except you've killed all of them? What do you do? You worship. Amen. You Carnell boys. I know that you have a verse among you because I've heard you use it before. And I hope I'm not testing your memories too badly right now. I'll give it, I mean, I'll help you. It's in Psalm 50. And it says, Thou shalt call upon me. And I shall deliver thee, and thou shalt, thou shalt praise me. You'll call upon me, I'll deliver you, 
and then you'll praise me. Sorry for putting you on the spot like that. Everyone in here knows that you know it, but I didn't give you a chance to answer. It's in Psalm 50, and they've, they've quoted that verse to me before, and I've heard them quote it. can't remember which one. That's why I said the Carnell boys, and two of them are going to be unhappy about the third one. It's in Psalm, and it's wonderful. The Lord delivers because he wants us to worship him. And look at what they did immediately. Verse 30, then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. Now, I don't have time right here, but there's two mountains mentioned, Ebal and Gerizim. And do you know where Ebal and Gerizim are first described? In the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, where Joshua was told years in advance specific details when... I'm not going to be able to go with you, Joshua, but when you get over the Jordan River and you get over there, you find Mount Ebal and you find Mount Gerizim, you build an altar on Ebal and you build it this way, and then you get the people down between the mountains, put six tribes on this side, six tribes on that side, and the priests read all the blessings and curses from Moses' law, and all the people shall say, Amen. That service was all outlined in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and now Joshua's doing it as soon as he had whipped Ai. That is how we want to be as Christians. Every good thing that God does in our lives, we give God the glory and we love to worship Him. And we praise Him. We get into this church and we sing without musical accompaniment. We sing with our whole hearts. We we sing psalms, spiritual songs, and hymns. We do it exactly the way the Lord told us to. And we're going to keep doing it that way. But that's what Ebal, there is tremendous significance in that little word, Mount Ebal. Because if you were to go back, you would find out this whole service was laid out by Moses, even though Moses never got to get to Mount Ebal. And there's Joshua doing everything the way the Lord told him to. Isn't that how the book starts out? I've I've asked this question once already this morning. Joshua chapter 1, but only remember to meditate upon the law of the Lord in thy heart day and night. And to keep all the commandments of the Lord, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt find good success. So look what Joshua's doing. He had his weak moment. I want to get Joshua back where he belongs. He belongs as one of the great examples of the Bible of courage and righteousness and holiness in doing what pleased the Lord. They were to take great big stones that no man had touched and put plaster all over them, and Joshua was to take all the words of Moses and transcribe it. And they did it right here. And then Joshua, it tells us that in verse 32, he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. If you go back to Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you'll find out all about the plaster and how it was to be written and what was to be written there between these two mountains. And the whole nation stood there, as well as the stranger, the men, the women, the children. They stood there half against Mount Gerizim, half of them over against Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, this is the last part of verse 33, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not, before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones and the strangers that were conversant among them. That's what we want to do as fathers. Every word of God. We want to teach it in our homes. We want to read. You're going to have a new home. Two weeks, six days. Are you going to have the word of God in your home, Adam Green? I hope that you'll read it and be a man like Joshua. This is, this is the man that said, it's for me and my house. 
we will serve the Lord. Amen. And he read all the words of the law and he did everything Moses commanded him to do. What do you think the rest of the book is filled with? Trouble or blessing? Blessing. The Lord brought all of them united now against Joshua, but now he was ready for it. He had had a victory where God did all the work. He had had a victory where he used strategy, and the Lord blessed the strategy. And the very next verse of the next chapter tells you all the kings got together to come against Joshua, and he took them out, and he took the land of Canaan in five years and divided it up to all the tribes. Every one of us, men, need to be like Joshua. Amen. We need to make sure we're doing everything righteous and holy in our families and that the word of God is principle and that we meditate upon it and that we read it to our children and that we command them to keep it. And you can be like Joshua and you will make your way prosperous and thou shalt find good success. This is the holiness of God illustrated in the life of Joshua and Israel. May the Lord Jesus Christ be praised.